When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Russell Ingle, 2005 Supercars champion, runner-up four times, and he reckons, and I was reading this, this this evening, the enforcer name cost him those four championships. So Russell Ingle joins us now live. Hello, Russell. <laughs> Hello. Hello, all my friends in New Zealand. Have I got any friends? Actually, yeah, I've got more friends in New Zealand than I have Australia, to be honest. Well, you've got, fr- you got two friends here. This is Stephen. You know Murph. And uh, thanks for joining us, Russell. Uh, can you t- Look, I've always wanted to ask this question. It's the, you've been asked a yeah. million times. Why the enforcer? Who gave you the enforcer tag? Uh, well, it was, it was born on when I came back from Europe, and so and Murph knows this. When you when you race in Europe, like it's so cutthroat because it's kill or be killed basically, and you usually only have one shot at it in a season, and if you don't perform, you're out. So I came back to Australia with that sort of mentality, and at that stage, it was still a little bit gentleman racing, I suppose, and gentleman agreement and uh and that didn't fly with me and um after plenty of visits to the uh to the stewards room and plenty of money changed hands along the way uh, a journal actually paul gaver claims that he came up with the enforcer tag i think he's trying to copyright it and get some money out of me for it but um he um he's the one that ran with the enforcer because no one wanted to wear the black hat Everyone wanted to wear the white hat, so uh, and and that sat well with me. I don't, I don't mind wearing the black cap. See, that's why I feel a bit teary. So, like wearing the black hat. Is that is that what it is? I mean, you make. Oh, to be oh, honest, no. though, we've had this conversation many a t- many a time, and and. Yeah. You know, there was, we had plenty of run-ins. You had plenty of run-ins with every with Mark Scaife and other people. We had we had so much going on through that era, back through the two thousands and the late nineties. I mean, it was it was a special time in racing in Australia, wasn't it? And and even though at the time we were probably throwing rocks at each other and we were serious about it, um, looking back on it now, it it was an incredible time to be a part of of the sport, wasn't it? Spot on, Murph. Absolutely spot on. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I could have the chance to jump in a time machine and go back and start my career now, you know what, I wouldn't because that was the best era because you had personalities and everything and everyone that you just said was absolutely correct and and nothing was um, uh, fabricated or, or fabricated is the exact right word. Um, it was genuine. Like, you know, we... we yeah, we spoke to each other, right? but at the end of the day, we pulled the helmet on and the engine fired up at the big girl like she was. It, it was on, and 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 the crowd and the fans can sense that, and they and they sense rivalries, and and that's what creates debate, and it's exactly everything that's missing now. Like, I, it's a dead set snooze fest, in yeah. my opinion. Um, I, I, I just. I tried to watch Eastern Creek on the weekend. I fell asleep seriously during the day, you know, and 
I just think, yeah, because I haven't got an attachment to it. And, and I think now I'm an armchair racer, you know, I, I look mm. at it and mm. I haven't got That's an attachment fair. because, you know, really Shane, Shane being, just being is probably the only one that's got a bit of grunt and, you know, gives plenty of attitude in the interviews. And so, you know, he's, he's got value and you know when he gets behind someone, something's going to happen. But the trouble is it doesn't happen because no one fights him. No, no one, no, he knows he's got us, uh, he's got everyone psyched out. Uh, and you can't have that. You've got to have, you know, if he fires it down inside, someone's going to just fire it straight back down again and fire him off. Yeah, you know? right. And then that's staff debate, and, right. and that's what, what creates it. Russell, I said to, I've said to Murph this a lot, a lot of times in the last, you know, three or four months. When Scott McLaughlin, who was a good character, right, and he, he was, yeah. prob- he was yeah. the golden boy, but he said stuff, right? He didn't mind saying stuff. As soon as yeah. Scott left the championship last year, I thought we are we are in trouble because there's no one there to fill his boots. Now, Will Brown, who we're going to talk to later on time, could mm-hmm. be that guy, right? But he's got to start winning races and doing things. But everything seems uh, watered down. It's almost as if the sport feels it needs to be clean and good, and that's not right. Wrong, 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 wrong. And uh, and I've spoken about this to a lot of people, including including you, Murph, and, and about this stuff is is that. You know, the, the, and, and I hope the new owners really pay attention to this and pay attention to the lack of crowd that was at Sydney Motorsport Park on the weekend. Like, there was two men and their dog there. Like, I mean, it was just average. Like, and, and I understand the whole COVID thing. You had to be vaccinated to get in and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, um, there was bugger all spectators there. And, and the reason is, is everything we spoke about with those rivalries and all the rest of it, um, but the young guys that are in there got to get personality. They got they got to they got to make a name for themselves. It's just not all about you know jumping in the car and and that's why the Will Brown thing. He's got he's got a bit of spunk and a bit of personality, but there's not enough of them. You know, there's not enough of them. And 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 uh, until that until that changes, so I hope the new owners pay attention about this. That it's not about paddle shifts or Gen Three or you know. Or, shocks and springs and no one gives a damn about all that stuff sitting up the crowd all they want to see is a good contest and they so they've got to develop a car that produces a good contest and what i mean by that is something that if you bend the thing it's not going to cost you a national debt to fix and you want plenty of bent ones and and in our era murph that was the case wouldn't it i mean you could actually get into the things they didn't fall apart and they didn't cost a fortune to rebuild did they no, they didn't. They absolutely didn't. And we know we know that uh, you know Car of the Future did not succeed in the way it was supposed to. And and um, yeah. you know fingers crossed that uh, you know this this new car does something better. But you've you've seen it a little bit up more up close and personal than than what I have. And I know you've you've uh, says it's a beautiful bit of kit, but it's it's too complicated and 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 a little bit too much of what we've currently got. And maybe. Maybe heading off, off even in a in a worse direction in that respect. I mean, I personally, we, we look at the new um, next gen NASCAR that's being being uh, launched, and it's a tough looking bit of kit. And you know, uh, NASCAR have gone about you know building something that clearly, you know, looks good, and probably by the sounds of it is going to require a lot less of them and be cheaper to run than what their current car is. And and supercars definitely need to fall into line with something like that. Maybe they should have just gone and ordered uh, 25 um, NASCARs off NASCAR and shipped them out here rather than building our own. Totally agree. It'd be done as dusted. Let someone else do the hard yards, the manufacturing, and all the rest of it. And that's what you need. You need something loud and fast and 
look, at the end of the day, you, you, you know, people were saying, oh, and we did a bit of a story with our little online show we, we, we do down in these parts and, and on the TA2s. And look, they're good, but I, I don't think that's quite enough. You need something a bit more with a bit more grunt and a bit more hand well not enough grunt it's got enough grunt but a bit more handling and so there's something weird between and that looks like where the American uh, next gen they call it um, is going with it and, and I think you're correct something like that would be fantastic And uh, but yeah I have seen one of these next gen 3 up close and, and look like I said if it was a one off and I was going in and I, I was just Fred Flogged that wanted a bit of a trick looking car to go out you know, to have a bit of fun in, oh, it'd be great because the thing looks like a GT car. You know, it looks it looks horn, like it's great. <laughs> but I tell you what, when I, when I look at it, I'm doing the numbers. I'm going, oh, jeez, I wouldn't want to bend this thing. And you know, I've had a few heated discussions with Roland Dane about it, and obviously got to be a little bit careful considering in a few weeks someone could be running one of his cars. But 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 I, I, but I don't agree with a lot of things on it, and and and, and, I, and I'm not showing down in that. I, I you know, they say it's going to be cheaper to run. That's where the cost saving will come in. It'll be cheaper to run. But that's fine until you bend the thing. And, and then I can't see it being any cheaper than what the current car is and in some respects probably more expensive. So, And it looks like it might bend easier. So that's a bit that I don't agree with. So in a perfect world, great if you don't crash the thing and it's cheaper to run, you get more life out of the engine, and that's great. But again, for the punter on the hill... He wants to see. He wants to see a few panels dented, and, and, and that's what creates again. And that's what creates debate. That's what creates rivalries. It's what Kate creates arguing in the pits and all the rest of it. All the stuff that we used to do. <laughs> you know? All the stuff we used to do. Yes, and, you know, um, yeah, we we weren't really caring too much about how they came back if they were smolting heap, heaps or not, <laughs> were we? Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on to um, talking yep. youth and uh, you. Uh, teamed up in your wildcard entry at Bathurst this year. Uh, yes, you've got both ends of the spectrum, Russ. Um, you taking up one end and young Brock Feeney yeah. taking up the other one. I mean, amazing uh, announcement that uh, he's full-time mm. with Triple uh, Eight next year. You've yeah. now spent a lot of time with that young man and seen him behind the wheel, and you're, going, and you're joining forces to, to do the, the wildcard at Bathurst. Just give us an insight, your insight and, and, and view of uh, young Brock and, and how you think he's going to be. Yeah, look, he's, he's, a, he's a good young lad, and uh, I've known his dad for decades. Uh, Paul Feeney was a pretty handy motorbike rider in his own right yep. as well. Um, and uh, good grounded, down to earth, not um, not rich parents. They've, they've sunk a lot into him, you know. So they've they've um, they've done it all the right way. They're modest people, and uh, I'm really surprised on how he's handling all of this because there's a lot of pressure, and and uh, all of a sudden, it's someone that was sort of semi in the background, even though his success in Super Two has been quite good, and all of a sudden he's been thrust in the limelight. Um, Handles are very well. He's really built fast. These guys are very, very fast, and, and he's, he works a lot on his craft as far as you know, fine tuning things about his driving style. And uh, I, I'm quite impressed. Even when we go out to Norwell Paul Morris's facility, and I sit behind beside him in a Toyota 86, I go, "Oh, jeez, okay, he's very smooth and very precise, and knows where the limits are." The only thing is he hasn't got is 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 miles and race racing racing experience race craft that that's the thing because 
coming going into the main game, the level was obviously a lot higher. So that that's only going to come with time, you know, as far as you know, racing these guys, how hard to race them, um, and you know, working out the different tricks to the trade there is as well. So that's that's what he'll have to learn. There's no doubt about that, and he'll he'll have a few things along the way. There's no doubt, but as far as qualifying speed goes, I expect him to be up up the pointy end in qualifying more times than not, which might keep him out of the out of trouble, you know. But um, at the end of the day, yes, I, I, personal opinion, and that's not just because I mean, if it was a donkey, I'd tell you, um, but he's um, I think he's a real deal. Uh, Russell, you're 57, right? Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. no, no, look, because... No, 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 don't, no, don't let that in the way of a good story. No, 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 compliments on its way, because for me, you're, <laughs> this is the compliment. You're a shining light for guys that can still feel that they can race really well. And I'm just asking about getting yeah. back to the car, doing laps. I mean, do you, do you feel like a 20-year-old again? And, and, and does everything just come back naturally? And you're going, yeah, or do you go, well, maybe I won't push it as hard this time. I mean, where's your head at? I'd love to know. Well, Julia reckons I still look like a 20-year-old with the lights off, so... I'll take that. Obviously, I'll take whatever I can get nowadays. But, um, but yeah, oh, look, it, it has it has been really interesting, and we've been... We've, unlike you, Murphy, hasn't even been able to get out in the thing. We, we've had three test days, and I've got to tell you, it's taken all of those three test days to get back comfortable again and finding the limits, uh, and it's definitely the the this the, the newer generation car is a lot different. There's a lot more downforce because because they've fudged and hot rotted the homologation on this thing so much over the years between the Commodore and the Mustang. The thing's got so much more aero; it, it's ridiculous. Like it does feel like a GT car. Like it's got so much. Wow. Um, and and that's exactly why the racing is so terrible, is because this thing you can hear, they they say about aero wash and all the rest of it. Well, it's because these things, like I said, and, and it has been they've been fudging the the system for years uh, between the two main teams, and and got this thing which is yeah great on its own. I've I've enjoyed driving it on a test day, but I can see why it's a lousy race car. And, and why it's hard to pass in the thing, and it's like a bit like Formula One, you know, you get behind someone and then it's all over. You can't pass them unless they make a big mistake. So, um, but it, it's it, it it is it is hard getting it. It's funny the the mind still is half. Yeah, okay, I know what the mind wants to do, but the body's not reacting fast enough. So, like I said, it's taken three all of the three of those test days to get back up and, and going mm. and getting the muscle memory back and going. Okay, right. Uh, I know what I do. I've got a feel of it, and um, and they're quite still physical to drive. You forget that. You forget the heat inside the things, and I'm not trying to put you off here. But <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a bloody good job. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not selling you the dream here. That's for sure. But yeah, it's um, yeah. Look, look, they're um, but but I've got to tell you, once you start getting your head around it. You sort of miss it, you know. You sort of get in, and, and then the memory starts kicking back in. You go, okay, I remember. I right. do this, do that. Feel, start feeling the edge. Then you start enjoying it. The first day, I hated it. I thought, oh, what have I done here? What an idiot! Like, oh, what a stupid thing to agree to. <laughs> and, and then by the third day, I went, yeah, okay, all right. Um, yeah, now now I can actually enjoy myself and start trying to 
you know fine tune and get that last little bit. But nice. it's look, it's been it's been good. To, what I want to do it full time again? No, <laughs> but but even I actually enjoy testing more than racing, to be honest, because you know you're just competing against yourself, really, and there's no pressure more than anything. So it's um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun ride, and and uh, who knows? Not not making any bold predictions, that's for sure. But you know, strange things have happened at Bathurst before. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, lo- I love the I love the throw the last one out. Strange things have happened. Stay with us, Russ. We're going to take a wee pit stop. <laughs> Stay with us. It's seven eighteen. This is Race Control, our Repco feature interview with Russell Engel, the Enforcer, two thousand and five Supercars champion. Jim's on the line from Tamuka. He's got a question for our Repco feature interview, Russell Engel. Go ahead, Jim. What do you want to ask, Russell? Uh, just, just what was the first year he drove at Bathurst, and, and what did he actually drive? Hmm. Ah, hi Jim. Yeah, um, it was actually well, not too many people know this because they, they thought my first one was actually in '94 with, with uh, Wayne Gardner Coca-Cola car with Win Percy, but it was actually in 1990 uh, with Kevin Bartlett in the GIO Commodore was actually my first Bathurst, and that was just before I left to go overseas to uh, try and be a Formula One hero. <laughs> and uh, that that was actually my first Bathurst, but not too many people remember that. Um, and there was, I, I, I can't remember where we finished. I think we finished 14th or 13th or 14th or something like that. And that was in those VLs with the big bird bath on the back and the Walkinshaw one. So, uh, oh, yeah, wow. but that was... That that was the first one. That was the first taste of it, and that that actually was the reason I went overseas because I did Bathurst and that, and I thought, and I just things didn't have power steering, and I mangled handled like a dog, <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, <laughs> if I have to stay here and race these bloody hits of crap, I'm going overseas. <laughs> so, so that actually that actually made up my mind to go overseas, and that's why I headed over. And six years later, I came back when they were half decent. So. <laughs> mate, <laughs> you're, you're not a great sell for supercars at the moment, mate. Come on. <laughs> no, nah, but that was way, oh, yeah. way before then. Yeah, but, Oh, yeah, we we have actually. Do we, do you want us to ask him anything? Oh yeah, tell, yeah. Tell him I'm still waiting for my phone call after I've been flung from Fox about saying oh, I appreciate all your help and work, you know, all those years. So tell him thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got I got to ask you a question. I was looking I was looking at some archive footage, and I I don't know what yeah. year it was. And you and Murph were going at each other. You were both dropping f bombs well, like was, I wouldn't believe. And Murph was, was that in a press conference somewhere. That's what correct. That and and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Murph said to you. You you said something like, "Well, there's only two rounds left," because you were arguing about making mistakes. And Murph goes, "Are you effing threat? Are you effing threatening me? Are you effing threatening me?" <laughs> you guys were just like going hammer and tongs. What what went on, man? Oh, I can't even remember what what was that about. I can't even remember. You two got selective memory. That's what's going on oh, right mate, now. No, it was but, brilliant. But this though. is it was the brilliant. thing, though. But, that's right. Press conferences, oh, press conferences were so good back then. When, especially when they, they you know were. Scaffy or I, I was it a Gold Coast, or Ambrose. Gold Coast race, maybe. I think it was Gold Coast. Yeah, something. Yeah, I think we had something going on at the Gold Coast race or something. And, and yeah, but you know what? The good thing about it is, is we, that you know we we got on with it on the track and 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 at press conferences. But you know what? Uh, you know, a week later we'd be out riding bikes, you know, trial bikes uh, out and country victoria somewhere the next week 
and, and that was a good thing about it. I don't know if it was the next week, Russ, but, you know, we, well, we always maybe, test and made up. Maybe a couple of months after. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said you were, asked a que- you were asked a question once, which driver you really didn't like. Did you really know yeah. the list and, is and, and, and I and, I, and I, I, I figured out watching it that I don't think you really like Mark Scaife that much. <laughs> no, no, well, I didn't really like anyone, to be honest. <laughs> it was a fact, but uh, I like him. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, we, but, uh, but no one but, likes yeah, Scaifey. No, no, no one no, likes Scaifey no. for a long time. Scaife was top, top, top of the list. Like, he was <laughs> king of people that you'd like to eat. Kick hard, you know, and with no, no doubt, and that wasn't that wasn't made up to the media or anything. I just wanted to flog him with a bike chain every time I saw him. So, yeah, no, no doubt about that. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so, I mean, uh, that, that, yeah. that could be the quote of the night. I didn't like Marsco. I want to flog him with a bike chain. If, if, but <laughs> so you make a t-shirt up with that. Yeah, you, you could, mate. I mean, yeah. so many enemies. But I've got to ask you one question: in your years of racing, and the, an honest question. Who stood out to you as, as the driver that you went, wow, this cat can drive? Uh, I think, oh, I don't know. Well, that, that was a good thing about it, our era. There was, there was a, a, a lot. And, 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 you know, and you can throw your hat in the ring there too, too Murph, without pumping your tyres up for no reason. Because oh, don't start. when it came to Bathurst, like, Jesus, you know, and... And, and I don't want to mention that lap of the gods because I'm sure you, you know, I sure I wouldn't be over it. I'd be I'd be still dining off of it if it was me. But, <laughs> um, but it was uh, you know, but you know, and, and obviously Lounsey, you know, he he was he was different in a way. Marcus. He was very fast, but but he didn't know why he was fast. You know, he was he still he was naturally talented, but he had no idea why he was quick. But he was just quick, you know. But yeah. Marcus, I think it's um, Ambrose. Yeah, no, you're going to hate me absolutely. for this. But Marcus was only because I saw him behind the scenes. You know, everyone only saw him, because I was his teammate, anyway, everyone only saw him uh, racetrack Marcus. But I saw him behind the scenes, and, and he was so competitive. Like, and I'll give you a, quick, a real quick story, mm. um, is that um, I, and because we were all in the bike riding, you know, trail bike riding, I, I took him trail bike riding because he lived in um, the hinterland at, at, off the Gold Coast, and he was hopeless, falling off, slow, and typically being a smart ass I am, I used to roast him all the time, spraying with dirt and mud, and, you know, and he did this a couple of times, and he, he, you could see he was getting angry, you know. And then I kept asking, you want to go for a ride? No, 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 don't want to go for a ride. And this went on for months, right? And then all of a sudden he rang me up. Oh, I come for a ride. I really want to go for a ride. Oh, yeah, all right. And then we went out for a ride, and I started getting on the throttle a bit, and he's all over me. And then he's past me and going hard, you know, and we pull over, and I'm going, what's going on here? How come? Oh, no, no, I just I just send a picture up. And then I found out he'd been practicing every day. <laughs> For about two months, he was going out the back of his property. He got a, he went and bought a bobcat and and milled his own little track in around his little farm thing he had going on there. Just practiced every afternoon, right? Because he was so competitive that he hated getting beaten, you know, or or, or not being competitive. And, and that was just a fun thing to do, you know. But he still, so I saw that side of it. He was so competitive and so dedicated that, that that's why I got to rate him pretty up. 
pretty mm, up there, and mm. especially what he achieved in NASCAR in, in average absolutely. teams as well. What, you know, you always yeah, you always got to rate a driver that's done something in an average team because I reckon that stands out more than drivers that have done something in a in a you know in a big team. The best teams. Yeah. I don't really agree with that, but that all makes sense. But. Yeah. yeah, it makes complete sense because we, we uh, many yeah. could say many could say the Lewis Hamilton argument on that one. Well, a Murph would anyway. Hey, yeah. one yeah. final thought: you saw Marcus Ambrose uh, behind the scenes. Is it true that he had a voodoo doll with pins in it of Murph? Oh, yeah. You know, he was a funny guy, Marcus, because he used to keep to himself pretty well. So, <laughs> could never work out what what the issues were. <laughs> 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 so, you know, it was just. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was, I know he did say to me, what do you think Nash doesn't like me? You know, I think, I think he was actually a bit put out that he didn't like him. You know? <laughs> I'm a likeable guy. Why doesn't he like me? <laughs> uh, oh, and oh, and actually, I'm the wrong person to Classic. ask because you, are. you know what I'm like. Now. Very much. Yeah, yeah. And I just won't yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, I bucked into me the other day. He said, you're a right trick. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I used to stay at a little bit more trying to put him off his game. So. <laughs> Hey, Russell, uh, it's been an absolute treat talking to you. I know we've taken half an hour of your time, but the, some of those stories and some of the insights, particularly your insights into where supercars is not quite getting it right, uh, is truly appreciated. And, and, mate, best of luck for Bathurst. We are hoping, like hell, Murph can have a crack at it as well. Uh, we're, just well not... we're, team, we're, we're effectively pseudo-teammates if it happens. We'll be sharing pit booms and working together. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. But he's with Triple Eight, and you're with you're with Airbus. Doesn't matter. So. We were sharing a boom because we we two the wild two wild cards. cards are put together in the pit lane. Yeah. Well, who would have thought so of that? Hey? 